Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Paul Hansted from Washington and Lee University. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You are about to hear part two of our conversation with Paul Hanstedt from Washington and Lee University. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. I was um, wondering if, you know, through writing that book, there was a certain um, kind of teacher that you might be, think, you know, speaking to when you were writing it. Um, if it would, or if the, you know, there might be a shift if it was a new teacher versus someone that was kind of a seasoned professor, how you might, um, kind of, I guess it would be kind of reigniting with the seasoned professor, um, and maybe lending some solid advice for those that are new yeah yeah i mean so a a couple interesting things one there's a um uh jessica tinklenberg who's at claremont mckenna runs the center for teaching and learning there after she read the book and they had a i think a book club on her campus and her husband jeremy sneeder as well um or her partner um they reached out and said you know Creating wicked students is great, but we need to talk about creating wicked professors and wicked institutions, right? So Uh there's what the professor can do in the classroom. There's what we can do for the students, but then there's what can we do to make sure that the professor doing that for the students is getting the support that they need. So I think that's a, that's a really interesting question we're thinking about. Um, But yeah, you're, I don't know if you're tapping into this or if you've heard me talk about this before, but I will kind of, this is a uh, confession, but I think it's probably anyone who's heard me talk probably has heard me say this i when i'm writing i write to the it's this is what i don't i write to the curmudgeon you know i write (laughs) i and it gets me in trouble sometimes but i write to the the grumpiest person in the room who's like what is this crap i can't believe (laughs) i can't believe you're making me come to this workshop i've been teaching for 25 years my students do great work and i'm not gonna you know this is um You know, what can we do? You know, we know engaged learning or active learning is effective and productive. We also know that X number of professors resist engaged learning or active learning for a variety of different reasons, some of which are really, you know, legit, not unproblematic, but legit. I have a lot of content I need to deliver. Um, Mm -hmm. But also they turn it, they turn away from it for things like, you know, active learning, engaged learning, it is their problem to be engaged. That is not my problem. (laughs) You know, I am delivering the material that they are not capable of engaging or not willing to engage. So be it. Those who do will get great grades and those who don't will not. And that's how it should be, you know? So, so yeah, I'm definitely on some level, the trying to leverage the idea that we need to change what happens in the classroom, that pure content delivery is simply not enough. Um, 
because a person can know all the content and walk into the world and and not know what to do with it. And and, and important story. Um, Hong Kong in 2000, the reason they changed their educational system from a three-year system to a four-year system was because in 2000 or so, they did a survey of Hong Kong employers. Now, Hong Kong is 100% um, service industry. There is no manufacturing, no agriculture. It is 100% service industry. Um, and the way the educational system used to work is that um, everybody takes uh, high school until the age of 16, and then Everybody takes the tests and, and the lower two thirds is put out into the workforce. And then the top third keeps going for two more years of education. Obviously, you can it's derived from the British system. And then they take mm -hmm. the test again. And the top half of that final third gets to go to the Hong Kong universities for free. And the bottom half does not. So what happens yeah. to that bottom half is they go to Canada, New Zealand, Australia, United States, Great Britain, right? And what they found in this survey is that given the choice between hiring the top of the top, the students who then got into Hong Kong universities, some of the best universities in the world for free, given the choice between those students and the bottom half of the top who didn't make the cut, they, would out, they, they preferred to hire the bottom half. Mm -hmm. Because the bottom half of the students who had to go to different countries knew how to deal with things they'd never encountered before. Right. And they, they had this sort of wicked competency, this wicked capacity. Simply knowing the material and being able to hand it back on a, on a, on a mass exam isn't going to get you too far when you walk into the world and it's not an exam, it's a problem you've never seen before. And, you know, living in a foreign country, that's a wicked problem. I mean, you know, going to the grocery store, what is this stuff? <laughs> You know, right. how do I pay? <laughs> you know, you know how, how, do, how do materials get bagged? Um, you know, going to your professor's door, the door is cracked. Does that mean that I knock or that it means right. that I stay out? How do I address my professor? Um, if, am I allowed to collaborate on this take-home test with anybody else or not? You know, because in some places you can, in some places you can't. How do we deal with... Right. Um, um, uh, academic integrity, you know, well, mm -hmm. maybe where I came from, this idea that somebody owns an idea is ridiculous or owns words mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I'll admit, I can't remember what the question was. Did I answer it? Oh, no, it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. I, w I was just kind of thinking about if it was, if the conversation would shift if you were talking to a new faculty member versus someone right. that might be a seasoned professor. Right. And uh, you totally right. answered that question. Uh, and the yeah. interesting thing was I've heard a lot about the um, education system in Hong Kong because my husband grew up there. And I forgot um, you. Yes. Yes. And he as even just a young kid really felt that um, friction between what he felt like he needed in school and what was happening there. There was just a, mm -hmm. a lot of memorization mm -hmm. and there were a number of classes that mm -hmm. were delivered in English, even though no one really understood the language. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he 
basically made his exodus at 14 to go to high school in England. And it was this, just this incredibly mm -hmm. transformative experience. And when he got there, he, you know, he barely mm -hmm. spoke English and mm -hmm. um, found that he was, mm -hmm. I think, a couple grade mm -hmm. levels ahead in math because of how they had been teaching things in, in Hong Kong. <laughs> but uh, it was, a, it was, definitely a wicked time in his life and then he bravely came over to the united states for college and that's where we met at at RISD where uh, at rhode island school of design where i feel right. like this kind of idea of wicked problems is quite central to the curriculum there um because mm -hmm. with art and design mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. no there's no right answer uh, you're given a, a prompt mm -hmm. or a problem to solve with some, mm -hmm. you know, usually mm -hmm. some kind of boundaries, right? And uh, right. Right. There, every year, for example, there's freshmen that uh, we end up having to go to dorm rooms to look at the work that they did for an assignment because they forgot that they would need to actually mm -hmm. get it out of their room to share with the class and they built something that doesn't fit through the door so it could be physical constraints um it could be but that's part of the learning experience right and the whole class will go to the dorm room so it's yeah, not just that right. student that has learned like no. uh, oh yeah i need to think right. about how i'm gonna get right. things around um mm -hmm. but everybody gets mm -hmm. to experience mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, so there could be material constraints, um, definitely financial right. constraints. You know, you're a poor college student. You know, yep. you can't go and get the top of the line mm -hmm. materials. So we have all of these different uh, constraints. There could be physical constraints, like having something that was uh, too big to move. Uh, there could be material mm -hmm kinds of constraints maybe the limitation is that you have mm -hmm. to for example build this boat out of cardboard um mm -hmm. and have a race mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and see see who wins who sinks who floats who can actually steer the <laughs> yeah. boat yeah. um and yeah. uh or it could be financial constraints you know it could be that um, you right. know, even within the same class, you might not be able to get your hands on the same materials as someone else. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, I, I find it's, it's interesting to hear about some classrooms that are just kind of geared for that kind of exploration and discovery and, um, kind of that openness for students being creative and, you know, not the expectation that they're supposed to deliver the, the right answer yeah. necessarily, but that they might yeah. tumble and yeah. fail and mess up over and over again. Yeah. And that, that, that's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah. I've got, I've got, a, and it's interesting, right? Because you're talking about, you're talking about sort of the art realm. And by the way, I love the story. I've forgotten 
that your husband was from Hong Kong. The minute you said it, I remembered that we talked about mm-hmm. that you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's an artist in this, a, a person who's going to become an artist working in this system, and he can't find space to work in that system. So he leaves, he discovers an opening of self, an opening of sense of self. And then he ends up at one of the best art schools in the world, RISD. And then the two of you use what you learn at this art school to develop a system to deal with higher education and making sense out of higher education. <laughs> I mean, isn't that intriguing, right? That the, yeah. the, 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 the X to X to X logic isn't there. It's, it's, it's the, the pieces shouldn't add up, but they do, but that's how the world right. works. And that's Absolutely. how students' lives works, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. love that. Love that story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it can be a, a challenging thing to communicate, I think, to um, mm-hmm. to students. And I'm sure if someone tried to explain it to me when I was younger, that I, yes. I, I would have been a bit resistant to yeah. it, too. But, you know, the yeah, I don't know how many times, you know, I've explained to my children, you know, I mean, at least in our household, the, the grade is not what is important to us yeah. you know we we yeah. um yeah you know we're we're hoping that there may have been a, a takeaway <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not about the grade and um you know that their their kind of personal growth and well-being is the priority and that you know through this time at school so much of it is about you know the social emotional uh at the same time Mm -hmm. that they're just kind of learning how to kind of exist with different people right um but they're also being thrown yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and science and history and uh so yeah and you said something earlier that I, I want to go back to the the idea of failure, mm-hmm. right? Of getting something wrong, yeah. yeah. You know, and and the, necess- the necessity of experimentation, and you know, it's intriguing. So I, I've got a, a a friend who I really admire who works in the sciences, and he said, finally, what I want my students to understand is that ninety five percent of the time I get it wrong, and yeah. that's normal. Yes. That's what happens, right? And yeah. and but part of the but then I think, okay, but how many classes are set up in such a way through the grading structure, through what actually occurs in the class? Is it just content delivery? Um, through uh, what kinds of projects they have them do? They're mm-hmm. set up to not give that message. Mm-hmm. And so the professor can be up there saying, 95 percent of times you get it wrong getting it wrong is part of learning and you need to know you know but mm-hmm. everything but else get in the it class right if you want to get an experience it. is going to be words every time yeah, right yeah yeah get it right because if you want to get a good grade in this class and you want to get into med school you know um right. yeah you know uh I, kim filer a mutual friend of ours has a um and I think I think you know her at least um yeah has I an do. acquaintance Absolutely. who works for an engineering firm who finally yeah who finally realized that you know, she worked in HR for the engineering firm and finally realized she had to stop hiring the 4.0 engineers mm-hmm. because the 4.0 engineers 
sucked <laughs> when they couldn't at, at anything that was going to require some risk and experimentation. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'm probably yeah. oversimplifying that story a little bit, but. Well, I understand what you're saying though, Paul. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as I was kind of um, getting ready to chat with you today, I stumbled upon a resource um, called the Recess Revolution. And it hmm. seems um, to be this kind of, um, I don't, it's all about this idea of creating a space for unstructured play. And mm -hmm. this resource was geared more towards um, younger children but I was thinking about it mm -hmm. in the context of both higher ed students, but also higher education faculty. And if, mm. and I was interested if you had ever had any thoughts about, I know in some of your writing and, and things that you share on Twitter often are about, you know, we can do this and we can have a good time doing it. Like really mm -hmm. we can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, so I was kind of thinking <laughs> yeah. about Shocking. this, right? Yeah, yeah, this could be fun. Right. Um, yeah. That you know, like how how might we create this kind of more of a recess or playground mentality while we're also getting the work done, or uh, yeah. as many uh, faculty members are doing right now, preparing for. The next semester and you know right. if we were able to kind of reframe that kind of yeah. um approach how yeah. the results yeah. might be really different than okay we're gonna be starting another super crazy yeah. year i don't know if it's yeah are we are we going to be meeting in person the whole semester? Should I prepare to do both again? You know, like all of these things to think about yeah. before we even get into, you know, what do I need to update with the content? Which book, you know, which book are we going to be yeah. using? All kinds of things. Yeah. So um, I was yeah. just curious if in your thinking about um, kind of this more I don't know if you describe it as lighthearted or playful, but um, with the approach for for faculty members when they're kind of going through this process of course design or planning for the next semester, do you have any maybe advice or, or things that you do to kind of make that experience enjoyable? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I the... the... That's like, I'm so glad you asked that. That's so important, um, especially right now. I mean, it's interesting because when you said, you know, as we get ready for the next and I knew you were going to say semester, but the word that popped into my head was century because oh, every semester wow. feels like it's 100 years long. And like, we're, right. you know, we're carrying all this weight and it, yes. oh, and it, yeah, it's just been, it's been hard. Um I mean, it's interesting, right? Because the, the earlier conversation we were having about about 
um, finding pleasure and finding excitement. Um, we love, I mean, scholars, academics, we love our work. We love the job. We love our research. I mean, mm-hmm. when I sit down and I read a Victorian novel, and that's my area, my PhD, I haven't done much with it in 20 years, but, um, you know, still, when I sit down and I read a novel, it's, it's joy. And it's not yeah. joy just because a story is being told to me, but it's joy because I'm doing the critical thinking thing that I take so much pleasure in, which is looking at the things that don't quite make sense and trying to reconcile them, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think part of the key to bringing that in the classroom, and I forgive me if this sounds a little obvious, is to just to, to go to the, the, to go inside to the, the, the that seed, the germ that, that where the pleasure exists, the, the thing that causes you to have joy in your field, you know, um, mm-hmm. Kathy Takayama, who I forget where she is now. Uh, she was at Brown, then at Maryland. And I, yes, I can't remember she now, was maybe at Brown. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a biologist and she says, you know, we know as scholars that um, the rich, fertile ground is in the liminal spaces. The places where there are contradictions or things that don't make sense. And that's what we yeah. dive into with our research, trying to make sense out of this. She also, she also says, you know, and we know that our students are also in liminal spaces. You know, they're either 18 to 22 and they're neither children nor fully adults or they're, you know, 37 years old and returning to university. And they're yeah. obviously in a transition because they're trying to get something else and move to a different level. Um, Yet what we do with so much of our education is put them <laughs> to say to them, you know, give me the yes or no answer rather than mm-hmm. say to them, let's explore the fertile ground, the fertile territory. So, you know, one yeah. piece of advice that I've, I've been giving for years, and I'm not the only person who does this. In fact, I, I, I'm sure I learned it from somebody else. Um, you know, on the first day of class, rather than walking in and handing the syllabus out and going through the rules, and I swear, I mean, my syllabus used to have a whole page that listed all the ways you can fail my class. Brilliant, Paul. <laughs> Way to reinforce risk-taking and and the kinds of things that lead to curiosity and things that lead to lifelong learning. Yeah. I mean, what I'll do now, I teach a lot of courses that deal with poetry and deal with art. So sometimes I'll mm. walk in and put a painting by J.M.W. Turner up on the screen, right? And I'll say, tell me what this means. Write mm-hmm. for five minutes um, and then tell me how you know what it means. You know, is this pro-technology or anti-technology? And those are the questions and the problems that are wonderful and rich to explore. And you're setting the tone right away. And of course you can do right. that in any class. You know, I think yeah. the, I, yeah. I, I like to think about beautiful problems and that comes from, I hear that from, from mathematicians. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, years ago, I was at Weber State and I encountered an education professor who worked with dance and with um, mathematics. And he said, you know, mm-hmm. with art, we play a beautiful song for our students or show them a beautiful dance and say, isn't that gorgeous? Let me show you how to get there. You know, with mm-hmm. mathematics, we say, here's some crap you need to learn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So what can we do? <laughs> you know, right. And, and then there's no why and there's no play and there's no joy. Um, what can we do to bring the beautiful problem into the class on day one? Mm-hmm. But then other things we can do, like, for instance, um, 
thinking about a mathematical problem or thinking about uh, a physics problem, you know, oftentimes when you talk to mathematics or science professors, uh, I've got a very good friend, uh, collaborator, Stacy Vargas uh, at Virginia Military Institute, who I work with a lot. And um, she talks about how they, they the stu her students will memorize the formula, but then when it translates into a different form, from formula to graph or vice versa, they can't seem to do it. So what can we do to, to bring, to, to move them away from algorithms? So what happens if on a given day, um, an accounting student or um, a marketing student or a physics student is given a problem and this is your day-to-day, -day, Kelly, and your job <laughs> is to come in and everybody's encountered the problem, but your job is to not give us the answer the one way to solve this problem, but to give us three ways to solve mm -hmm, this problem. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's ideation, right? Design theory, mm -hmm, design thinking. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a different conversation, not about here's the answer, but but here's play. Here's mm -hmm. evaluation. Here are multiple yeah. paths. Which yeah. one should we take? Which one's most efficient? Does one of them lead to insights and outcomes that we wouldn't get otherwise? what is our goal here? So mm -hmm. how do we, you know, rather than with the Christina Rossetti poem saying to students, what does this poem mean? Why not say, what are the various things this poem could mean? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. let's talk about which one is better or more legitimate or more impactful or more tied to the period. Right. Um, it's that pursuit. I, I, I do think, I, I think this sense of the need to deliver the content is, is kind of an impediment. I know content mm -hmm. matters, but if that's all we're doing, learning, I don't, I'm not sure learning, true learning is there. Content mm -hmm. memorization and, and learning are not the same thing. James Zoll says there's data and there's knowledge. Mm -hmm. And data, input, only becomes knowledge when you process it, mm -hmm. um, when you use it, when you apply it, when you connect it to other data and make meaning out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where we're looking at. And I know you're not, you didn't bring me on here to pitch ePortfolios, but <laughs> I <Yeah>. will <laughs> because that's what's <laughs> happening with an ePortfolio all these there's all these different pieces i mean my my colleague rich grant who's a physicist um at Roanoke college he's now actually the acting dean um which is awesome <laughs> um he talks about how students come to college with a box full of puzzle pieces right okay. you know some of them are given to them by their grandparents by their parents by their church by their friends by their experiences and what they want on some level is to make sense out of them, to create a picture. And then they get to college and what do we do? We just dump more puzzle pieces into the box. <laughs> Give them some more pieces. And the mind <laughs> wants to make meaning. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, you know. And, and the mind wants to make meaning. I can't remember who the psychologist was, but he was, I remember him um, listening to, I think a Freakonomics podcast or something like recently where, he was talking about how with music, we're listening to music and what music is made up of discrete tones. But what makes music powerful is that when we hear the, the tones and the tones in sequence, we're anticipating the next tones and where they're going to go. 
-hmm. And it's the same thing with our learning. If, if it, if it's discrete, isolated information, data, there's no, there's not a lot of joy in that. Yeah. For most people, for some people, maybe, but. Right. (laughs) Well, I think it's because, I think for some people it's that the, the data is what gives them the opportunity for that pursuit that you were talking about. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some people yeah, are wired for that. Like, oh, I've got sense. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. And and, I, and this is this is not for me a rip on data. And I'm not even talking about numeric data or qualitative data. I'm talking about data as discrete information that hasn't been put into to yes, meaning yes. sense, meaningful yes. sense. And that's finally what people, data people do is they look at the data yeah. and they go, huh. Hmm. Well. What can we do here? You know, mm-hmm. what's the old line from the movie Airplane? What can you make of this? Well, I can make a hat. Yeah. I can make a brooch. <laughs> I can make a pterodactyl. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long summer. I'm doing a lot of tangents. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I I appreciate it. But see, you you just made a connection there. That's, it's important. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. It was really wonderful to reconnect with you and have some time to, to talk about Wicked students and Wicked schools and ways we can start to kind of bring joy back into the experience after this uh, incredible, life-changing, altering time that we have all had yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, I look forward to uh, continuing to um, enjoy some of your uh, hilarity on Twitter and uh, upcoming <laughs> publications that you might have well thank you and thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about these things that, that we both love and care about so much and for your patience sometimes with my perhaps slightly bizarre tangents. I don't know. <laughs> you know. So, but thank you. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation a great deal. Good. Good. Take care. Take care. You too. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius. Thanks for listening.